welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good to be with you. I uh, have a confession to make. I have never preached three times in a row. So this will be interesting. Just kidding. It'll be good. You'll get, you're going to get the good stuff. It's been good all morning. I've had a wonderful time being here with you. It was fun being here yesterday with the women. Um, yeah, and God's just doing a wonderful thing. Um, hey, when we were doing that, that act of, of just, what are you thankful for, right? Shooting off words, things you're thankful for. That's life-giving. That was all life, an engagement, a baby, jobs. This is our God. He's a living God producing life in us through every season. He is so good. I sure do love him. I love Jesus. I love him so, so much. Um, hey, real quickly, yeah, as, as Matt said, this is my husband, Adam. We are, have been married for 21 years. Good job. Yep, you can applause. Just kidding. <laughs> we have four amazing kids. Uh, our two oldest is four. I went like this. I know how to do numbers. Um, our two oldest are actually still home in Colorado. And then we have two with us, our 17-year-old Dylan and our 13-year-old daughter, Michaela. They're sitting next to Paige, hanging out with their cousins. Um, they have one more brother, Adam and Matt do, Jared. And he's going to be here this evening. So we are going to do a Thanksgiving Lowry Wichita feast festivity. I don't know, whatever. It's going to be wonderful. We're super excited about that. Happy to, to be here. Um, it is a little bittersweet though for me, my, with having my two older boys home in Colorado, I am venturing into that season where some of them are leaving the nest and we may not all be together every holiday, but it's okay. It's going to be great. They have their grandma, my mom and Adam's mom are at home and in Colorado, so they'll take care of them. It'll be a great time. But real quickly, before we get into the word, I just want to say thank you. I want to thank your senior pastors, um, Aaron and Christy Wallace, uh, Ryan and Bree, Matt and Darcy, and all your other leadership um, for having me. Like, this has really truly been a humbling and an honoring um, weekend for me. I've gotten so much. You guys have an incredible church. This is an incredible body the Spirit of God is moving. I've met many of you. I've seen some familiar faces. God's doing a work here. Keep hungering after him. He will meet and fill every one of your needs. Crazy thing about the God that we serve is the more that he fills us, the hungrier we get. So stay hungry. Stay hungry, church. All right, we're going to move into the word the title of this message is called Positioned for Strength. We're going to talk about being a church that needs to stay positioned to receive strength and to release strength. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ did it all at Calvary. He paid for everything. He bought that victory. But guess what? We have a part to play. We have to partner with heaven to see his name glorified on the earth. We're going to uh, look at two parallel scriptures this morning. 
and we're going to let the Holy Spirit unravel them. I think this will bless you. We're going to start in Psalm 1, and then we're going to go over to Jeremiah 17. All right, Psalm 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Who, who wants to sign up for that? Whatever they do prospers. In the year 2020, I want to prosper. Jeremiah 17. Let's pick it up in verse 7. It says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Now, before we go too far here, in the Old Testament, uh, it, it was translated from, it's translated from Hebrew. Hebrew is a pictorial language. And there's a word that both David and Jeremiah use, and it's the word blessed. It actually gives us two different pictures. And so in order to position ourselves for strength, we need to get a clear understanding of what the word is telling us. The first bless that David uses talks about a happy, blissful mental state. He's talking about our emotional state. And how do we do that? How do we get ourselves into a happy, blissful state? By meditating. Meditating on the word. When David wrote this, he had the Torah. He was writing the Bible. But it goes a little bit deeper. It also refers to the matter or the way in which God dealt with David. David's saying, yeah, it's meditating on the word, but it's also going back and saying, God, you've been faithful throughout my life. The same faithful God in my past is going to be present in, my, in, in the current situation, and he will also be faithful in the, in the present, in, well, in the present, in the future. This is the God we serve. This is a faithful God. This is how you stay in a happy and blissful state. I can see David, and he would, he would remember being a young shepherd boy taking care of the sheep, and a lion and a bear would come, and with his bare hands, he would move in the strength of the Lord, and he would take them down. And David would say, God, thank you for that. Thank you for that strength. And then when man would disqualify him, when man bypassed him for all of his brothers searching for the king, Prophet Samuel says, uh-uh, bring, bring in the youngest, I guess. This isn't the one. And when David walks in, he gets anointed king. The oil falls on him. David thinks about that, says, God, thank you. When man didn't see me, I wonder if there's anyone in this room that would say, man doesn't see me. You are seen by God. You are qualified by God, and he sees you. 
And as David walked through, he'd walk through Goliath. God, I remember when I, you, in, um, you helped me take down Goliath. You empowered me through your strength to take down that big Philistine. And Lord, I remember in those dark nights of the soul when I was in that cave hiding because my life was on the line from my friend. My friend was hunting me. He was jealous. But God, in your goodness and your faithfulness, you hid me. You kept me safe in the shadow of your wing. That would make him happy to think about that. And even, even when David got a married woman pregnant, he'd think about that. And to try to cover his sin, he had her husband put on the front line of battle and murdered. And in God's great mercy and compassion and goodness, he drew David back to repentance through the prophet Nathan. David didn't wallow in it. He said, God, you're so good. You're so faithful to me. What you've done in the past, you'll do in the present, and you'll do in the future. We have nothing to fear in the year 2020. This is how we stay in a happy, blissful state. We meditate on the word, and we meditate on the faithfulness of God through the past and bring it into the present and future. Jeremiah gives us a different illustration, a different posture. His picture is of a man who is bent, a knee bent, like he's yielding, like he's bowing to a king. This is a, a person who would be receiving a blessing from a king, but also is yielded. He trusts. His confidence is in the king. And when the king says, hey, go do what I'm asking you to do, even if it costs you your life, a king's man would say, yes, sir. Yes, your honor. And he'd go. This is a yielded person who fully trusts his king and would lay down his life for him. This is how you pick up your cross every day. This is how we are positioned for strength. It is a mental, blissful, happy state staying meditated on the, on the things of God, on his word and on his faithfulness and also being yielded to him. Okay, so this person, this blessed person, we see the posture. What, are, what is he compared to in, um, in Psalm and Jeremiah? A tree. He's compared to a tree. What kind of a tree? A fruit tree. I want to look in scripture a little bit about fruit trees and see what, what more understanding we can gain here. In the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel is getting a tour of the temple in spirit realm. Could be an angel giving him this tour, or it could be Jesus Christ himself, we don't know. But in uh, Ezekiel 47, 12, it says, Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month, um, yeah, every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. You guys, this is how we're going to find strength. We're going to look at these trees. We're going to find strength. Strength is fluid, as everything in the kingdom is, right? We receive it from the kingdom, and we release it on the earth. So let's look at three things, three key points about these trees. First of all, the position of the tree. 
it's positioned by water, the water source. The water source is the glory of God. It's the presence. If you want to be positioned for strength, we need to be submersed in the presence of God. Jesus said of himself, I am the living water. We have to stay connected to, to him. He's the living water. Moses was transformed in the glory. This is the presence, the glory, the water. We have to stay submersed and yielded to the presence of God and stay hungry for him. Second thing about this tree, it produces fruit. Congratulations, you are a fruit-bearing tree. <laughs> now, this is interesting because in Genesis, God put many fruit trees in the garden. And the purpose for the fruit tree, listen, was that they were good for food, makes sense, and they were pleasing to the eye. Yes, we need to be meditating on the word of God. We need to be in his presence because we need to be filled. We need to be fed, right? We need to get the meat of the word. But it is not solely for us. It is not just for us. We have to be attractive. This fruit is pleasing to the eye. Who are we attracting? We need to attract the world. We need to attract the world to the king of glory. When we're a church that walks in criticism, when we're a church that walks judgmental towards people, when we're walking in bitterness and unforgiveness, it's not very attractive to the world. What about a church that's in conflict with another church? The world's like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. We need to attract the world to the King of Kings. How do we do this? What kind of fruit are we supposed to have then? This is found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 familiar portion of scripture, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, that means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, against such things, there is no law. This is the fruit that will win the world. This is the fruit that will attract the world to the Lord. <laughs> a church that is moving in strength looks at a pandemic and laughs with joy. A church that is moving in strength looks at racial diversity and says, peace. It says, patience. It says, love. Love above all other things. Love. A church that looks at a crazy election season. Say, peace. I'm yielded to the King of Kings. I'll meditate on Him. I will be consumed with Him. And the world's like, what? How do you do this? Where's your fear? Where's your anxiety? Uh uh, it's not allowed. Anytime we are tempted with a different thought, attitude, action than that of the Spirit, we should probably go back and check our emotional and physical posture. If you're feeling fear, if you're feeling anxiety, what are you thinking about? What's consuming your time? Are you on social media? Are you watching the news? That'll suck everything right out of you. <laughs> Come on. 
Maybe we need to get more into the word. Maybe we need to start thinking about what we're thankful for. It's a weapon. It's powerful. I don't know about you guys, but when I don't understand something and I can't fix it, I get frustrated. Is anybody else like that in here? Yeah. I read I heard a come on from a guy. From a, yeah, all the guys in the room are all, yeah, want to fix it all. <laughs> right? When that happens, when I get into that frustration mindset, frustrating mindset, that's where fear and anxiety begin. They spiral. I'm like, worst case scenario, this is terrible. A few, um, a, a while back, I had a very dear fa- family member um, of mine. She just started going down a, a spiral of mental illness. It was awful. She um, got incredibly depressed, tried to take her life, was put into a mental institute. Um, we prayed, prayed for her, believed in the Lord. She came out a couple weeks later, right back in there. And I, I don't understand it. I don't understand why there isn't just breakthrough immediately all the time. Anybody else can relate to that? Sometimes we have to persist, right? Petition. Third time she goes back in, and I was like, are you kidding me? I went upstairs to my room, and I hit my knees on my closet, in my closet. And I said, God, do something out of frustration. Do something. Do you know what he said to me? Spirit spoke to my heart, and he said, you do something. You do something. What the heck am I supposed to do? But I began with repentance. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for charging you unfaithful in this. You are faithful. I've seen you move in the past. You will move right now. You will move on behalf of her. You brought her into a relationship with you. You released your life into her. This thing is not going to take her down. And I began to spend time and just release peace and love and joy into the situation. I'm telling you, she's doing okay today. She's never gone back into that hospital. That is how we position ourselves for strength and we release strength. That is how we are attractive to the world. This is the fruit we need to bear in our lives. Speak love, speak joy, speak patience over situations. Speak it to yourself if you need it. Stay submersed in the word and keep your knee bent. Yielded to the King of Kings. There's a story in the Bible that tells us how Jesus dealt with a tree that did not produce fruit. It's found in Mark 11. We're going to read it. This is verse 12. It says, The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Jesus was hangry. (laughs) Jump down to verse 20. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. 
Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Speak it. Speak to that mountain. Be gone. Jesus cursed that fig tree because it did not produce fruit in season. That in season is a Greek word. It means kairos. Well, it is kairos. And it means an appointed time. Church, every day of your life is an appointed time. Every day. Every day we should be producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, attracting the world. The Bible tells us to be ready in and out of season. Whether you feel like it or not, (laughs) that's why we stay submersed. Because we gain that strength. And we can do it, even when we don't want to. Jesus does not curse people. But what he does when you allow him, when you stay yielded to him, he curses anything in us, any action, any thought that opposes his will for our life. That's what he's after. Because those are the things that hinder us from bearing his fruit. If you're walking in unforgiveness, Jesus is like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm going to address that thing for your benefit, for your good. What did he say? Remember in the story we just read, he said, forgive them. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. It's only hurting you. And when that person sees you forgiving them, oh, they'll be like, wow, what's that attractive fruit? What do you got? What enabled you to forgive them? It's like, I want that. I want Jesus. God cares about our spiritual condition. He really does. Let's talk about that third thing about the tree. And talk about the leaves. Can't forget about the leaves. They are far too important. We talked about the water source being submersed in the glory and the presence. The fruit being both good to eat and pleasing to the eye. The leaves, the leaves are healing. Look back at Ezekiel. Let's read this. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. If you go to the very last book of the Bible, you go to Revelation. Very last chapter. It's the end game, right? Wrapping it all up. And in verse 2, listen to this. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. This literally means the cure for the earth. Translated. Your leaves carry healing. Your words carry healing. There is power. You carry the power of the kingdom of heaven. In God's crazy mind, his big, amazing mind, he was like, this is the perfect plan. This is going to be incredible. I'm going to send my son, 
and he's going to accomplish all the work. He's going to do everything. He's going to conquer the cross. He's going to conquer death. He's going to conquer sin. He's going to conquer disease. He's going to conquer strongholds. He's going to conquer it all, right? And then he's going to ascend back up into heaven. He's going to come back up. He's going to raise from the dead. He's going to hang tight with me, and I'm going to send someone so powerful to these people that they're going to change the world around them. And this is the Holy Spirit. And he multiplied, Jesus Christ multiplied himself in every single one of us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me you don't have healing in your leaves, in your hands, and in your words. We are and we release healing to the nations as we move in strength, as we stay yielded to the King of Kings, and we, we continue to submerse our mind in the things of the word and the, and the reality of who God has been and who he will be in the, pa- in the future. This is how we do it. This is how we move in strength, how we release strength. I work uh, real part-time for an elderly, some elderly women. They're in their 90s. Come on, 90s. That's amazing. Love the older generation. I have so much respect for the older generation. They have persevered through so much. They give me hope, really. Like when I'm like, oh gosh, 2020, what's 2021 going to bring? They're like, oh, Great Depression, World War II, JFK assassination. You're like, yeah, we can do this, right? With Jesus Christ, we can do this. Come on. <laughs> I love them. But I, um, I was working for one lady in particular, and, and she gets together with her friends for lunch every day, and they were in the dining room, and so I got a chance to meet all of them. And there's one particular lady. Her name is Anne. I tried to change her name during last service, and it didn't work. So my husband and Matt were laughing about that. I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to call her Anne. She is really Anne. She's wonderful. And she, um, she always wore, like, bright colors, so, like, yellows, pinks. She just kind of stood out in a room. Her smile would glow. She just exuberated joy everywhere she went. She always had the table laughing or the people laughing around her. I'm like, Anne, you are the epitome of joy. If I've ever seen it wrapped up in a human skin, that is you. And um, one particular day she fell and she broke her hip. And uh, breaking a hip at any age, but particularly in your 80s and 90s, is not good. It's not a good scenario. And um, so she went to the hospital. They had to do some surgery, and they put her on hardcore pain meds. And these pain meds would make her hallucinate. She started seeing people coming in and out of her room in the middle of the night. She was calling the nurses. There's people in here. This is awful, right? And she just began to decline rapidly between the medication and the, the severity of the injury. So I went and visited her when she was in rehab. She was laying in her bed and, and um, just not looking good. I'm like, oh, my goodness. She's kind of going into a, a, bad, a bad depression. Spoke with her real briefly. She said, this has been really hard. The meds are not good. It's a difficult time. And I'm like, okay, you know, prayed for her a little bit, left. A couple weeks later, I go to work for my, um, the, the, care, the lady that I did work for. Her name is Katie. And I couldn't find Katie. So I called her. said, where are you at? She's like, oh, I'm down in the little living room area, the little sunroom. I'm just sitting here with Anne. And I'm like, oh. She's like, yeah, we're just visiting. Why don't you come down here? 
I don't want to do this, Lord. I don't want to go be with someone that's super depressed. I just, I don't have it in me today, God. I'd rather just go clean or something. I don't know. But I went down there and I met with them and there are these four chairs. They're all kind of facing each other around this coffee table. It's out in the open. It's a Sunday afternoon. A lot of very lively, a lot of family members are coming in after church to have lunch with their loved ones and see people, nurses are moving. It's very open. And I walk into the area and there sits uh, Anne. She's in her wheelchair, she's hunched over. Her eyes are I mean, black all over her eyes. They're sunken back. And honestly, I looked at her and I'm like, death is at her doorstep. It's just waiting, and she's just waiting to be taken by it. And Katie was sitting there next to her, trying to talk to her a little bit, and her son and her daughter-in-law were off to the side here, so the four of us, so there was a seat there, and Katie's like, come on in and sit down, and I'm like, oh, yay, okay, party. So I went and I sat down and um, just listened to him talk a little bit, and all of a sudden, Anne, sitting across from me, she, her eyes lift up, and she, she meets my eyes, and she says, help me, help me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't wanna do this. But the spirit of God came upon me in, in a way I really have never experienced before. And I stood up and I began to move towards her. And as I'm moving, this is true, this is really what I'm doing. I'm, I'm saying, what are you doing? You know, like, don't go over there. What are you going to do here? I don't know what, what to, what to, how to help her. But I come over to her. I put my arm around her. And when my arm hits her, I lean my face on, the, on her head, the top of her head. And I just began to weep. I just began to cry and let the spirit just move through me, just crying. I have no idea what, what is necessarily taking place. She begins to cry, and her, her daughter-in-law and her son are kind of watching, like, huh? And, and nurses and people are walking by, like, what's going on in here? Do we need to know? And Katie, the lady I work for, she's all, she's all right. Just let her do her thing. I'm like, what's my thing? I don't, I don't even know what my thing is. She's like, it's all right, we're good. And I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm crying over this woman and crying, just praying over her. Oh, Jesus, help. We don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, right? Just speaking over her. And all of a sudden I hear the Holy Spirit say, Leslie, ask her what I'm telling her. Ask her what I'm speaking to her. So I, I said, Anne, what's Jesus, what's Jesus telling you? What's he saying to you? All of a sudden, her shoulders pick up. She looks at me and she says, Jesus is the word. Okay, yep, Jesus is the word. And she begins to repeat it over and over, Jesus is the word. And I'm like, yeah, he's the word. He's the word made flesh. You know, I'm like, okay, I don't know what that has to do with anything. And then I see her and she looks at me. She's all, Jesus is the word. And life, her countenance begins to change. Life is slowly being brought back to her strength is slowly being released back to her. And then she begins to cry again. And she goes, Leslie, I forgot. I forgot about the word. I forgot about Jesus being the word. I forgot to read my Bible. This has been so um, painful and so traumatic. I've left, I've left my first love, basically. 
And Jesus is there to minister to her and say, I'm going to restore strength. I'm going to restore strength. And so her and I just sat there praying together. She, she repented. And then all of a sudden, you know, the spirit takes me into a different place. And I'm like, we got to get a Bible in your hand. And, and her hands are so weak and frail. She goes, I can't hold a whole Bible. I can't, I can't hold it. It's too hard. So I stand up and I look over at her daughter-in-law and her son. And I said, do either of you know Jesus? I mean, like, I'm like, who are you? What is your problem? And the son is like staring at me and the daughter-in-law is like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I said, here's what I need you to do. I need you to get in the word every single day. You read through the scripture and when you find a verse that jumps off the page, when the Lord um, highlights something to you, you text it, text it to your mother-in-law. She needs to be submersed in the word. She needs to just um, get in the presence, get in the glory. She's like, okay, okay, I will do that. I will do that. And we ended up printing off some pages of scripture, just of, of strength, of healing, whatever. And she could just pick up paper and just look at it and not have to hold a full, a full Bible. Strength was restored in that moment. About three or four weeks later, I took Katie down to the dining room and I opened that door and off in the distance, I saw a woman standing, not in a wheelchair, in a beautiful yellow sweatshirt. And I said, no way, that's Anne. She cocked her head back and was laughing and the whole table was laughing around her. Joy has been restored. Strength has been restored because she remembered who, who the Lord was, what he has done for her in the past. He brought it to her remembrance. She repented and she said, oh God, take me back there. Take me into your word. Submerse me with your word. God, I'm yielding to you. And strength was restored. It's the, it was the same for me being yielded to the Spirit of God, even if I didn't want to do it, and releasing healing through your hands and through your words. There's absolutely nothing special about me. It's a charge from heaven to all of you. We all have a part to play. We have to be positioned for strength in order to release strength that our fruit would be attractive to the world, that our words and our hands would release healing. We would be in the presence of God that our countenances would change. <laughs> I love the presence. I love the presence. Why don't we do this? Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to do something this morning. Hmm. God's word, when it goes forth, we got to act. So we're going to act today. We're going to do something. We're going to take a step of, of boldness, a step of courage. Might be for some of you. Some of you are like, yeah, let's go here. But here's what I want to do. I want to talk to two different groups of people. The first one is those of you that need a miracle in your life. Maybe you need a physical healing. Maybe you need a mental healing. Maybe you need a relational healing. Maybe it's a marriage with an issue with a kid. Maybe it's finances. It can be anything. It's just impossible. When you look at it, it's impossible. 
may have you put your hand up in just a minute. If that is not you, if you're like, I'm okay right now, I'm all right right now, then we're going to put hands. I'm going to have these people put their hands up here in just a minute. And I'm going to ask you to go around to each of these people. And I want you to release the healing in your hands and through your words. What Jesus said, he said, tell that mountain to get out of here. Tell that mountain to go, cast it into the sea and believe and not doubt. Move in the authority I have placed upon you. This is your charge, church. Move in the strength I've given you. You don't need to ask them even what's going on. You just begin to seek heaven, petition heaven, petition the heart of the Father for the will of that person. And I want you to do that. I want you to pray with authority. I want you to pray with courage and with boldness. So if you were in that first group and you're like, I would love prayer today, I need prayer. Would you put your hand up? I see a, I see a hand, it's been up since I said it. God sees you, son. He sees you. And he's here to meet you today. Whatever you are bringing before him, I believe with all my heart that he is saying, I will do what you've asked me to do. The mountain in your life is being moved right now. It's being cast into the ocean. You will never, never see it again. You will know my power. I will call you higher in Jesus' name. This is for my glory, and it is take you into new realms you've never known before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else that would like prayer today? I see your prayer man or hand, ma'am. All right, the rest of you, I want you to look around and if you feel led, go to these people. And I want you to let healing flow out of your hands, out of your mouth. There's a hand right here, hand right here. Just surround her guys. Come on, walk in boldness, walk in courage. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, we release, we release right now healing in Jesus' name to all bodies, all injuries, all broken bodies, cancer be gone. You don't intimidate us. If it doesn't intimidate God, it will not intimidate his body. Jesus name we curse we curse mental illness we release peace and joy right now in Jesus name we say freedom to minds freedom to brains in the name of Jesus we release finances God we pray for marriages we know you are all about marriages God and you can restore anything so God, we bless the marriages right now of this church, Lord. We bless relationships in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So this, this week, uh, I had no idea what Leslie was preaching on. My brother Adam sent me the notes later on in the week and I didn't really get a chance to look over them. And, um, on Monday, I came into to church or, or into work and staff meeting. I sat down and I had my Bible open at the table. And Pastor Aaron looks at me and says, "Dude, you have a word for us?" And I was like, "Uh, I guess." And my Bible's open to Ezekiel 47. And I said, "I've been praying through this, Aaron, and I believe that this word is for the church." 
And then Leslie speaks in Ezekiel 47 today. She talks about the fruit tree, producing fruit, walking in fruit. I'm going to paraphrase this story. This prophetic word Ezekiel receives, man, this vision, man brings him to the temple and the, the river is flowing from the temple. It's what Leslie just says. It represents the presence and the glory of the Lord. And it says this, the man brought him 1,750 feet out and the water's ankle deep. So then he brings him out another 1,750 feet and the water's knee deep. Another 1,750 feet and the water's waist deep. Finally, it says brings him out another 1,750 feet and he can't touch anymore. He's completely consumed, drenched. It says deep enough where he has to swim, tread water. As I was sharing with the staff on Sunday, I said, I believe this is a word for our church that some of us have been ankle deep. Some of us have been knee deep. Some of us, whatever, maybe chest deep. But the truth is, is we are still in control in that manner. We're standing and we're, we've experienced the presence of God. We've experienced the glory of the Lord. And it's good. We love it. We want it. But it's not until we're completely consumed and drenched in the presence of God that we can see His Spirit move. Church, listen to what this word says. Ezekiel 47, verse 9. I'll back up a little bit. Verse, verse 8. This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of the stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. Verse 9, there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Listen to that. There'll be swarms of living things wherever this water flows. The glory of the Lord and the presence of the Lord, when it flows, there'll be swarms of living things. There will be fruit produced. We are the fruit. We are the fruit bearers. We are the body of Christ, and He has made us fruit trees, and we are strengthened by His presence, and we are called to flow from this place. We're called to produce and strengthen our roots into this living water. And wherever it goes, it swarms of living things church I've told you as we started this whole thing out today that 2020 is a year of clarity absolutely father we repent for what we've made church when it's not supposed to be tickling ears and coming into a place that we like fancy things or whatever it might be father forgive us for not just just dying to what you have for your body Church, I, I believe that this is a word for us. I'm thankful that Leslie came with a bold word today. She shared this world, word, and, I, and, and you know, you hear, man, the Spirit of God came over me, and I don't know what it was, but I spoke to these people, and I began to speak life and speak truth and, and all of these things. But the truth is, is that's how the church is supposed to operate all the time. We are divine beings. 
we are made in his likeness and his image and he tells us that he is going to put his spirit upon us and he's going to live in us and we're going to be image bearers of jesus himself and he is the cure of the world and we are called to be life bringers swarms of living things will go wherever he goes you go into a workplace into a school into a home we are the very life-giving presence of Jesus everywhere we step come on amen a minute ago Leslie just had you put hands on people guys I want you to know we take that very serious over and over again we see it in the Bible Jesus puts his hands on lepers and heals them in a divine and kingdom mandate in a way in the same way we do that to each other we can speak over situations of depression and discouragement of anxiety of fear and we can begin to speak the fruit of the spirit in our life and those things have to flee come on amen and so i want to do something just to finish this this day off man what better time is it to be alive than right now come on for this is the season the Lord has us in. Let us produce the fruit of the Lord. And so I'm just going to ask you this. Maybe you've been ankle deep or waist deep or, or chest deep and you're loving this thing. But the truth is, is God has something more for us. Leslie, I forget how you said it, but earlier you just said, man, may we be completely submersed is the word she used. Submersed in the glory and the presence of the Lord. That's it. The living water, it's not supposed to be ankle deep or knee deep. You're not supposed to test the waters with, with just waist deep. I believe the Lord is calling our church into just letting him move through us and be vessels of his kingdom, calling forth his kingdom right now. Beckoning, looking at those going, do you know the word of the Lord? And so I'm just going to ask you, man, maybe this is the day that you say, Lord, I'm all in. And what Leslie said is there's two different postures. A mental one of receiving the thankfulness and the bliss and the happiness of knowing who we are as sons and daughters, as co-heirs of this truth. But it's also coming into a physical posture of surrender and receiving, receiving from the King, the anointing over us. And so I'm just gonna ask you, just right where you're at, if that's you, you're just saying, hey, I'm, I'm ready. I just want, the, I want the, the river just to flow over me, the living water. Man, I've, I've, I've been testing the waters. But Lord, today I just say, could we just bow before him today and just receive that right where you're at? For myself, God, I repent, Jesus, when I make it about the things that are flesh, the things of myself, God, I want more. Father, I pray that you would just take us from our ankles to our knees, God, to our, our, our chest, God, completely submersed in you. Father, I thank you that you have given us <laughs> living water. That, God, we thank you that the promise of your water is swarms of living things. And so, Father, I just pray that you would breathe life into your church today. God, I pray that you would breathe a uh, new new value new kingdom god i pray that you would produce such fruit that god it would nourish your church nourish your bride but god it would also attract the world 
in times of brokenness, in times of unknown and discouragement and all of these things, Father, I pray that they would see you in your bride. Father, would we reflect your goodness, your kingdom. Father, we thank you that you are purifying and making us more like you day in and day out. God, we celebrate in the trials today. God, we thank you that you, your, your promises is that you're developing perseverance and it's finishing its work, that we're not being, we're being made complete, not lacking anything. That God, you are making us righteous. And so Lord, we just ask that you would finish your work and let your river flow. Let us be the fruit bearers that you desire, God. God, I pray that you would break our opinions about the world situations. I pray, pray that you would break our ideologies and our thinking. And God, we just want your kingdom. And so we just ask, God, for your fruit. Today, God, I proclaim over these, this body right now in Jesus' name, love. I, I proclaim joy and peace. God, I, I proclaim and declare gentleness and kindness. God, I declare over this body self-control. God, I pray that we would hunger for your truth like never before. I pray it would be honey on our lips, God, that we would just want it and desire it, and we'd speak forth your living word in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, somebody say, God is good. How many of you love you some Jesus this morning? We are the bride of Christ, the co-heirs of him. He's poured out his spirit and he says he's given us everything we need to live divine lives. We are called to be the body who's healing, who's walking all of these fruits. And so church, I charge you with that today. Maybe you're going into a, a Thanksgiving family that you don't know. I, I, I challenge you to produce this fruit. Speak the truth of God's word over your family and watch it produce only the fruit that he can do. Come on, amen? So go forth. Shine the light of Jesus. Let the world see it. And let's make them want what we have. Come on, amen? Love you guys. I mean that with everything in me. See you, church. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.